All right. So today we're going to start a new series uh, that is going to take us right up to Easter. Um, and uh, it's a series of messages that we're calling The Jesus Way. The Jesus Way. Learning to walk the uncommon path. Um, there's a lot of paths available to us in our world, right? Everybody's got their idea of how we should live and where, what we should do with our lives, right? And, uh, and, and so we want to look at what does it actually look like? Most of us in this room are here because at some point in our journey, we decided we wanted to follow Jesus. We wanted to be his, his disciples. We wanted to learn a new way of living from him. What does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Because sometimes I think we, we, get, we get our own ideas of what that means. We, um, you know... I'm going to suggest to you today that there is a religion of Christianity that is often quite different from following Jesus. And we can be deceived thinking that we're on the path when we're actually following a man-made religion that has little to do with what it really means to follow Jesus. Right? And so we want to talk about learning to, to walk a path that not only is uncommon in the world, but sometimes even uncommon in what we call the church. Sometimes when I've seen over 30 years of pastoring, sometimes when I've seen people suddenly start to get serious about following Jesus and some of their church friends around them get uncomfortable because all of a sudden they're making different choices than they used to make. Right? And so what did Jesus mean when he said, I mean, Jesus' message started, if you look in the early, like Matthew chapter 4, Jesus begins preaching, the very beginning of his ministry. And his call to those that he was preaching to, declaring the word of God to, was repent and believe. Repent and and believe. And then he said, now come and follow me. And I will make something of you. Right? Come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Come and follow me and your life will be different because you will become something new. So we're talking about the way of Jesus. And this word in, in the Old Testament... The first 
two-thirds, three-quarters of, of your Bible, of course, is the Old Testament, the Older Testament. Sometimes we, 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 we can tend to just write off that, you know, that's, that's old, <laughs> right? I want the new stuff. But it's, it's all telling the story of God's salvation work in our world, right? It's all important. Um, so the old, Older Testament was written in a, in a language called Hebrew, and the Newer Testament was written in Greek. And in the Old Testament, um, the word for way or path or road was derrick. That was, that was the, the word. So if, if you know somebody named Derek, that's what their, that's what their name means, right? Um, in Greek, in the New Testament, it was hados. Hados is Greek for path, way, road. Right? Just like in English, we can, we can use, uh, we can talk about a road, and sometimes we're being very literal, Right? We're talking about the dirt. We're talking about the asphalt. We're talking about the thing on the ground. What? And yeah. And sometimes we're talking, when we use the word road or path or, or way, uh, we're being more metaphorical, right? Um, can you show me the way to the store? We don't mean, can you show me the, the dirt? Can you show me the asphalt? Can you show me the, what is the path I need to take to get me there? Right? What, and so even when we talk about spiritual things, we talk about what, what is the path my life is on? What path do I want to take? And we're, we're not talking about asphalt. We're talking about Away, but in the same way in the in the Greek and the Hebrew, that word, Derek, Hados, was used both literally to talk about a road and to talk about a path that we might take in our lives, right? So this will come up again and again. I, I don't share that just just to be Greek geek and uh, talk about other languages, but, uh, but it will come up again and again as we go through our, our series. And so today, as we start, uh, yeah, sorry, metaphorical and literal, right, that word. Um, so today, as we start our, our series, today's message, we're talking about surrender, Surrender. That's not a word we hear much in our culture. And it's not one that we often want to hear much. Right? We are, we are, we are built in our lives as as selfish little rascals that we come into the, this world as, right? Selfish, greedy little rascals is what we are when we come into this world. And, and we, we want 
to be in control. We want to be in charge. Ask any two-year-old, any three-year-old, right? We've got two, three-year-olds that we're, uh, we're dealing with often in our sphere, and uh, they want to be in charge on a regular basis, right? Rob's laughing because he knows it's true too, right? And Richard was telling me stories about it this morning <laughs> in his house. So, yeah, we, we want to be in charge. And that doesn't get a whole lot less when we grow up. We just, we just hide it better, right? And for us to be told that, that our entrance into this life with Jesus is an act of surrender That's a tough pill to swallow, right? To surrender. Not my way, Jesus, but I want to follow you. That means you're in the driver's seat. You're taking the lead. You're in charge, not me. Right? So, Jesus did not come preaching a way, a path. Every major religion has a way, a path, right? They've got these things that you need to do. Islam, it's the five pillars of Islam. You need to know, you know, those five things that you need to do faithfully throughout your life to be a good Muslim. And if you follow that path, if you tick off all those boxes on a regular basis all the way through your life, and then you're a good Muslim and, you, you know, you might get God's favor in the end. That's, they have a path. They have a way. Buddhism. Buddhism has four noble truths that lead to the eightfold way, the eightfold path. They actually call their path a path, right? The, the eightfold path. And if you follow the eightfold path, you're a good Buddhist. And in the end, they just want to be extinguished. So in the end, you'll get the blessing of being extinguished. Right? But, but you follow the eightfold path. Hinduism has a number of paths. It's a family of religions. The number of paths that you, that you can follow in Hinduism. Um, they're called yogas. Right? So that word yoga actually means a path of salvation. It's actually a very significant spiritual connection to that word yoga. Just something to think about. But, but in Hinduism, there are four different base, or three different basic yogas. Um, the one of knowledge, the one of devotion to God, the one of works, and the one of meditation. There are four. 
meditation or contemplation. Different paths, right? And like those other quote-unquote great religions of the world, um, there is a religion of Christianity that has paths, things, lists of things you do and don't do, right? Things you, things you better do if you want to get favor with God. They're paths. The religion of Christianity offers that we can tack Jesus onto our lives as an add-on, as a just just an extra. So we can basically keep on living our lives as we were, but just, you know, we've got to make sure we go to church once a week and maybe even pray once in a while. Make sure we can appease our conscience and feel like we're appeasing God by, by ticking off the boxes, doing the stuff we're supposed to do. But the Jesus way is not about attending church. Although it's good to gather for worship. I'm not saying this is bad. I love when we gather to lift up the name of Jesus. We need, folks, you need each other. We need each other. When we come to Christ, we become part of a a covenant family. People who, who choose to love you even when you're being unlovable, right? And you choose to love them when they're being unlovable. We become a covenant family that walk in this thing together and encourage one another. We need that. But the way of Jesus is not, I mean, It's not about attending church or going to church, but we are the church, right? It's about being the church together. It's not about church buildings, although I'm I'm grateful. Buildings are, are fantastic tools for ministry. I'm glad, so glad we have space to meet in. Amen? We're blessed with a space. But Christianity is not about buildings, at least not the way of Jesus. Sometimes, you know, Jesus said to the the woman at the well, he said, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. In other words, it's not about geography. It's not about a specific place. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. 
You know, sometimes I wonder if our buildings are less about having a place to gather and more about domesticating God and putting him in a box and saying, you stay there. I'll come visit you every once in a while, but don't you dare mess with the rest of my life. And we divide our lives into compartments of the sacred and the secular. Jesus can have part of my time, my space, my thinking, my, my, what, you know, my life. But I don't want him touching, messing with this other stuff. We're okay with a a bit of Jesus as long as we can turn him on and turn him off. But the Jesus way isn't like that. The Jesus way permeates every part of our being. The Jesus way is not an option of another religious path, a better religious path. Jesus didn't show up saying, I got a better idea than all the rest of you. You guys, you know, those other things are, those are good paths. I just got a better one. There is no comparison to Jesus. Jesus didn't come saying, I have another option, another way to show you. But he came saying, I am the way. I didn't come to tell you about a way. I didn't come to show you a way. I am the way. I'm the path. He didn't say, I want an hour and a half of your Sunday. He said, I want your life. I want your life. And this way of Jesus is not a three-step process or a seven-step process or a 12-step process, but the way is a person. The way of the Jesus life is Jesus himself. The way is a person. You cannot, I cannot follow some kind of path and be good enough or righteous enough. I cannot live the Jesus life. Only Jesus can live the Jesus life. And so, Somehow there needs to come this place where I I stop being in charge and let Jesus come and, and live his life through me. And that's a mystery, and it sounds weird, and it's hard to wrap our brains around because we're so programmed to have a 12 step process, a seven step process. 
Just tell me that, Pastor, just tell me that. I actually had people tell me this before. Just give me the list of rules and I'll do it, Pastor. I said, I'm sorry. I mean, I know that would be easier, but there's not a list of rules, there's a person. So he invites us to come and be with him, to come and follow him as lifelong students, to learn to live in him and to let him live his life through us. And it's okay if you don't understand that. It's it's okay if it sounds weird and gobbledygook because we're all figuring it out, right? We're all fi- Every day, I'm learning, hopefully a little better, what it means to live in Christ, to live in Him, and let His life live through me. And pretty much every day, I try to take charge again and then have to be reminded this is a life of surrender. So it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. The intention of our hearts to surrender to Him, to say yes to Him. It's interesting to note that the early church, the first Jesus movement, the very beginning, for the first couple decades that the church existed in the world, they called themselves the way. It's all they were known as. We are the way. We follow the way. Isn't that interesting? And so the path that we are called to in following Jesus, it begins with surrender. Begins with surrender. Jesus, in his inaugural sermon, his first big message to the world, said this, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And there's that Greek word, hados, right? Broad is the path, broad is the hados, the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the hadas, the road, the path, that leads to life. And only a few find it. In fact, it's right after this. Jesus talked about false prophets, and that there would be many who would say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and do that in your name? And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. 
It's interesting that not only when he says only a few find it, it's not only only a few out there, but it's only a few even among those that sometimes think they're on the path. But they've been deceived by the religion of Christianity. So when Jesus says this, he didn't say it as a threat. He said it as an invitation. Jesus isn't trying to trick anybody. It's not like, oh, check out that path over there. Shh, over here, guys. You know, like he's not trying to trick anybody. He's not trying to condemn or destroy anybody. He is inviting all of us to come and follow him. To come and take the path, the uncommon path of surrender and pursuing him. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Right? 1 John 3, 17. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The world doesn't need a condemner. It needs a savior. The world is already, we, the world is already in a state of condemnation. It's not something God does to us. That's the state we're in because of our rebellion against God. The rebellion against our maker who loves us. So he didn't send a condemner into the world. He sent a savior. He sent somebody to come and lay down his life. Not just somebody. He, he, he sent his son into the world to lay down his life. And become our way. Back to the Father. Right? And so there are two paths, Jesus tells us, two paths set before us. Two paths to choose. And you know what? This is not new with Jesus. There were always two paths. Do you remember two trees in the garden? Right? Two trees in the garden? In Deuteronomy chapter 30. God says through Moses to the to the people of Israel Verse 15, see I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. Now, when you put it that way, who's going to say, oh, give me some death with a, with a side order of destruction, please? Right? I'll choose that cho choice. But it's because we don't choose those things in one, you know, it, there's, there's little choices all the time, right, that take us down a path. There's one step after another step that takes us down a path. 
And we either do, go down the path of life. Jesus used these same words, didn't he, when he talked when he, up there. Life destruction. And so that path was already there. I set before you death and destruction, life and prosperity. For I command you today, this is still in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30. For I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in obedience to Him and keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you enter to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, that's the other path. One path is serving Yahweh and one path is serving all the other gods. Right? Bow down to other gods and worship them. I declare to you this day, you will certainly be destroyed. Not because God's just mad and going to get you, but because going down that path, those other gods, those other gods, are real, folks. Do you know that those other gods are real? And the Bible talks about Israelites falling away and worshiping other gods. It wasn't just chunks of metal and chunks of wood, but there were demons behind those things. They're real. And there is coming a day when those demons... Bible tells us in Revelation we'll be thrown into a lake of fire, right? They'll be destroyed. Destruction. And all those who've thrown their lot in with them will find themselves in the same place. But those who have followed the path of life will have life, right? It's a cheery message today, isn't it? <laughs> so this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you. This is, he's, he's repeating it a little bit here. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live. That's the heart cry of God. Come on, choose life that you and your children may live. God doesn't want to destroy anyone. He doesn't want to see anyone come to destruction. Choose life, he cries out, that you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. Lord is your life. He's the path. He's my life. It's Him. The New Testament message isn't different from the Old Testament. It's just the realization of all that God had been saying. Right? 
Similarly, Joshua Once the Israelites have have settled into the land that they were promised, Joshua gathers the people of God and he says to them, Now fear the Lord, Joshua 24, 24, 14. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And serve Yahweh, serve the Lord. But if serving Yahweh seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. We will serve the Lord. It's a choice. First Kings eighteen. Elijah has gone toe to toe with the prophets of Baal because Israel has been um, has fallen into Baal worship. They've been they've been deceived and fallen away. They've fallen in with the culture. Right? They've begun to worship and care about the same things that the culture around them bought into. And Elijah says, This is not good. And so he goes against the, 40, the 400 prophets of Baal. And, and you know the story, probably, probably all of you, most of you, anyways. The story of, uh, you know, the, the prophets of Baal set up a, a, a sacrifice prayed that their God would send fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice. And Elijah does the same thing. And these guys, right, no dice. Doesn't, nothing happens. Elijah's taunting them. Ah, maybe, you're, maybe your God's on vacation or he's on the toilet or something, right? And, and so Elijah prays once. And God sends fire from heaven and consumes the, the offering. And uh, uh, verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Car- Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, this is before, before it actually happened. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord, if Yahweh is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. There's a choice to be made. This path or this path. And Elijah obviously had an opinion which one was better. But they had to make a choice, right? This path or this path. Um, so after, after the fire happens, then ver- verse 38, then fire from the Lord fell and burned the sacrifice, the wood, stones, and soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. 
Exodus 33. The Israelites, the very beginning of their existence as a nation, had fallen into worshiping an idol. The theme going on here. Moses is up on the mountain receiving the very Ten Commandments from God that tell the people not to worship other gods, and they're down here worshiping a God that they created. And, uh, and so there's repentance, and, and then God says, uh, you, guys, you guys go, if I, if I go with you, I'll probably kill you. I'm just, I'm just that annoyed right now. You ever feel like that with your kids some days? You know? if, you don't, if you don't go somewhere else, I'm just going to, you know, anyways. Um, But Moses, Moses cries out to God. Verse 12 of 33. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know who you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and, I've found, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. There's that Derek word. Teach me your path, God. Teach me your path. Because if I walk in your path, I'm not just going to know about you, I'm going to know you. Because your path is not just following some instructions, but your path is actually, it's like, who will you send with me? God, you need, your presence needs to go with me. Because it's all about your presence, God. It's all about knowing you. You notice as the people journeyed through the desert, they followed God's presence. Scriptures say that, that this pillar of cloud of God's glory hung out over the tabernacle, the tent, the temporary temple in the middle of the camp. And when the glory cloud would rise and start to move, they were like, okay, time to pack up our tents and follow the cloud. Follow God. He's leading us somewhere new. It was all about following Him. Yeah, there were some rules and stuff that he gave them because, because they were a nation and they needed to have some laws to govern a nation. But as a people, it was about following him. Come and be with me. Follow me. And we see this prayer about knowing God's ways throughout the Scriptures. Show me your ways, Lord. Psalm 25. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Psalm 27, 11. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. 
Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. The way into the Jesus life begins with a choice. Choose the narrow gate, the narrow path, the uncommon way. Everybody in this world is just trying to, just trying to find their way to make it to make it through this world, figure out their journey. We all started behind. We all started in a mess. But Jesus came to make a way. He came to open a way for us. Micah 2.13, here's a great one. The one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass before them, the Lord at their head. Isn't that a great passage? The one who breaks open the way will go before them. So Jesus invites us to choose follow the world's ways and solutions or follow him. Walk the world's path, the wide path, the one that everyone's attracted to, the one that promises ease and comfort and riches and happiness and all your wishes and desires satisfied and it's a mirage and a lie. For the path of surrender, lay down your cravings, your desires, your greed, your comfort, your desperate search for happiness in the things of this world, and let Jesus be your leader, your teacher, and your guide through all the challenges of life, and you will have life, an abundant kind of life that starts here and now and will someday become something so much more. I love these words from C.S. Lewis. He's the bomb. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. That's worth saying again. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. I think the religion of Christianity is moderately important to the people who follow it. 
because they believe that they can tack Jesus onto their lives and just keep going as they were. But the way of Jesus is either false and you'd better throw it away or it's true, throw it away at your peril. Right? Well, there's a whole other section that I did not going to get to today. Making a habit of that lately. Let's stand. So today, as we prepare to close, um, I don't want to make any assumptions today about where each one of us in this room, each one of us watching online are at. summarize the 15 minutes of my message that I didn't get to in, in this. The days are coming when the choice is going to become so much more stark before us days are coming when following the way of Jesus is going to cost more than you ever thought it would cost. The days are coming when the pressures from our culture to follow the broad path, the wide path, is going to be so strong that many who think they're on the path now will, will find themselves falling away to the, to the wide path. There will be a, a stark choice to make. And I want to encourage you no matter the cost, choosing the Jesus way is the right choice. 
And making that choice, the sooner you make that choice, the sooner you fill your life with the resources and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, the sooner you fill your life with the things that it takes to walk that path, the stronger you will be when the moment comes when it may cost you so much. So I want to challenge you, church, today. Some, many of you I know, some of you this morning, I, I have not met yet. Today's been a bit of a heavier message, no question. Jesus invites us. It's not, it's not a condemnation, it's an invitation. He invites us to come and choose the narrow path to live his way. We're going to start, we're going to just sing a couple verses of this old hymn. I surrender all.
Father, I thank you for your amazing love for us. That you came not as condemner, but as Savior. That you came into this world to open a way, to open a path that we might come back to the Father, undoing the curse of sin, and find our hope and our home in Jesus. God, I pray today for every person in this room, every person online, that God, we would make the choice, not wait, not wait until some later date, but we would make the choice today. I will follow Jesus. I will surrender my life to him. And I will walk in the path that he is calling me to walk. Not just follow a religion, but follow Jesus. Folks, if you made that, if you, if you, you resonate with that prayer, if your heart desires to respond to that call today, that invitation, encourage you to come find a place to pray come come meet with us we'd love to talk with you and encourage you on the way amen thank you pastor thank you for coming today to god's house has already been encouraged i would just ask those today that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you would come. I mean, walk with Jesus Christ is an adventure. It's exciting. It's life. It's peace. It's joy. It's everything that your heart prays for. You're not going to find it in the world, but you'll find it in Jesus. And maybe today you're here and you haven't fully surrendered to Jesus. The most miserable Christians in the world, those who haven't fully let go yet, I would encourage you, I would challenge you today. Give it to Jesus. Give it all to Jesus. And you'll find the light that Jesus wants you to have. Come today. Spend time with Jesus. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need a touch from Jesus. Maybe you need freedom. Come today. Members of the Breakthrough team are going to come. We'd just love to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day.